Hello, and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, are Danny Kelly and Stephen White, the, the two football geniuses we employ here at SB Nation to keep you informed about the NFL. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing well. Excellent. Um, I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead of ourselves, but we might have a, a legitimate Thursday night football game on our hands here. <laughs> it looks like it. I know it's not Titans-Jaguars, but... It's a close second to that kind of thing. It seems like it. But it's the, it's the Patriots and Dolphins, in case uh, anyone out there in Radio Land hasn't quite heard what's going on tonight yet. But uh, it looks like it could be a pretty good game. The Dolphins are playing a little better since they fired Joe Philbin. It looks like they're actually awake now, something that I was mm-hmm. never sure if Joe Philbin was. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, they seem to be okay now, and I, I don't know. You guys, we just posted something a few minutes ago today, um, kind of debating back and forth whether the Dolphins are legit or maybe sort of a product of what we've seen so far as sort of a product of the schedule as well, um, more so even than black jerseys and Oklahoma drills. What, what do you think we're going to see tonight against the Patriots? I'm really hoping to see them actually compete on this one. I mean, I'm not necessarily expecting them to win. I didn't pick them. Um, but I'm excited that they're actually starting to play better because just makes the AFC a little more interesting. And um, I mean, we talked about they have a lot of talent, but they just really hadn't done anything. Um, they, like you said, they kind of looked asleep at the wheel a little bit. Um, and I've, I've always thought that teams kind of take a um, they kind of take on the personality of their head coach. And Joe Philbin is like the most boring person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so um, you know, maybe you know that that was part of the reason that they were kind of just you know, going through the motions or whatever. But, um, yeah, Dan Campbell obviously seems to have energized them and, and, you know, made them into at least what looks like a contender. But I know that Steven Steven has some opposing views on that. Yeah, look, um, you can't really, you know, minimize the fact that they blew the doors off of uh, Houston last week. Now, admittedly, we, we're talking about sleepwalking. It looked like it was a lot more than just Ryan Mallett who was sleepwalking <laughs> for the Houston Texans last yeah. week against against the Dolphins. You know, I mean, their defense was just ridiculous. But, you look, hats off to them. The Dolphins went out there, and, and, and they, they put it on them, right? Yeah. Still, Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans of last week are two terrible teams. I mean, just <laughs> awful. And I, I, look, th- that's like going from the kiddie table to, uh, you know, college level astrophysics when you go from playing Houston on Sunday and now you're going to play the Patriots on Thursday. Yeah. Like it's a totally different ball game that's going to go down tonight. So, hey, if they are legit, if they really, if this really is a resurgent Dolphins team, we should see a pretty good effort out, the, out of them tonight. I don't think anybody is kind of picking them to win, but it should be a pretty close game. I, on the other hand, think they're going to get just demolished tonight because I, I think <laughs> at the end of the day, they're finally going to play a team that's smart, that's talented, and has good coaching, and they're going to get exposed. They, they, there's some things about this Dolphins team that were underused. They, they didn't use Lamar Miller nearly enough. When Joe Philbin was the head coach, they didn't, didn't get the ball into the hand of their playmakers enough. But some other things, look, they, they are not that good on the offensive line. Yeah. Okay? Their quarterback, I still don't trust. And and Damakon Sue, who finally got his two sacks, first two sacks of the year last weekend, still is not getting the kind of rush we're used to seeing him get from his bull rush. So, uh, like I said, structurally, there are just some things about this team that are not very good right now, and I think they're going to get exposed tonight when they play a good team in the Patriots. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out, too, like you mentioned the Lamar Miller thing, and the Patriots' defense isn't getting a ton of credit this season, but it's been, you know, because I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, I didn't think it would be, you know, the changes in the secondary that they had from last year to this one were so dramatic, but uh, it's been pretty good, and they're really not, you know, the you look at their run defense, 
they haven't allowed more than uh, they've only allowed more than 150 total rushing yards uh, to an opponent one time this season. That was the Bills in Week Two. Yeah, the defense has actually played a lot better than I think. Yeah, that we thought they would. Um, it's hard to lose Revis and, and Browner. I mean, not necessarily Browner, but it's definitely hard to lose Re- lose Revis. And they lost a lot of their secondary. I think they're playing with pretty much all new guys except for McCourty. Um, and then Butler, he's stepped up, so I think that's been a big deal. Um, that's actually probably been one of the biggest deals for them is is the emergence of him because he he I mean obviously yeah. he's a hero and everything, but having good secondary um, that's pretty huge. So he, wait, he had, he had a pretty big play last year, didn't he? I don't, uh, doesn't sound familiar, but um, <laughs> probably. I mean, Sorry, I had I, I hadn't trolled anybody for a while today. I had to, I had to kind of get my troll game on. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but uh, and the other thing is Jamie Collins is just freaking balling out. Um, you know, I've heard I, I don't remember who the quote was from, but some opposing coach was saying that he's like the hardest guy to scheme for in the NFL or something like that. So it's like. You know, guy that athletic and that versatile, um, I think he's had a big impact on their defense as well. Yeah, you know, Stephen, you brought up one thing with the Dolphins in the last couple of weeks uh, against the Titans and the Texans that that <clears throat> those two teams did not really do a good job blocking Wake, and I don't think you would see that. I mean, it stands to reason that the Patriots aren't going to take that chance. I mean, this is not a team that is going to look at Cameron Wake and just sort of you know, set him up in a one-on-one or something with a tight end. Right. And, and, and also, you know, Brady knows how to get, get the ball out of his hands quickly. Yeah. Uh, you, you're talking about the Tennessee Titans playing a rookie quarterback. You're talking about Houston Texans playing Brian Hoyer, who, you know, on bad days look as, looks as bad as any quarterback you've ever seen. Yeah. And Sunday was definitely a bad day. So, uh, you know, whether it be chip blocking, whether it be, you know, keeping a tight end in, I'm pretty sure Cameron Wake is not going to have, you know, three or four sacks like he's been having the last couple of weeks against the Patriots. They're just not going to let him be the guy that wrecks their whole game plan. Yeah. Yeah, and this could be, I don't know, this could be set up the classic Thursday night game where it looks like on paper it looks like it could be good and then you just, it get you know, by the middle of the second quarter it's all but over so (laughs) hopefully not i mean hopefully it's a good game just for the sheer entertainment value of it but i guess we'll see i mean is there any is there any way that the dolphins could do this i mean is there one thing that they could focus on and maybe pull this off (laughs) i think turnovers i think turnovers is always the great equalizer and so uh, whether it be fumbles or or even interceptions if they can get uh, the Patriots to turn the ball over a couple of times, they'll have a shot. Yeah. But I do think it will take something like that. It, will, it won't just be, you know, the breaks go their way and they win the game. They'll need, you know, some game-changing plays like some turnovers in order to kind of, uh, to kind of uh, even everything out. Yeah. You know, and I guess the other question this raises for me is like, you know, I, we're, the Patriots are 6-0 and now. They're playing the Dolphins this week. They're playing Washington next week. They're playing the Giants the week after that before they get the Bills, uh, the Monday night game before Thanksgiving in week 11. It, it seems like, I mean, I, it, it is, are we looking at a 16-0 and team here? I mean, is anyone going to beat the Patriots? It's kind of like looking that way. I mean, it doesn't feel <clears throat> outrageous to say that. You know what I mean? It, it's... Uh, I looked at their schedule. There's some. There's a few games on there that you say, "Oh yeah, they could lose that." Um, but I don't know, like what the, like what's the formula right now that you beat the Patriots? Like, I just don't know what it is. Hope that Tom Brady has an off day. I guess. Right, and that's possible. And you know, there's always there's. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not wishing an injury or anything like that. I'm just throwing that out. There always is the possibility of an injury, and that kind of changes everything for a team too. But. It's uh yeah, I mean I guess I guess one game that looks kind of key for they've got the Broncos Thanksgiving weekend. Not on Thursday, but on the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. Um but I mean I don't think the Bron now they're in Denver for that game, but I don't think the Broncos are a better team than the Jets team they beat last week. Yeah, I mean that definitely 
you know, that they're similar styles, I guess, like really good defense, kind of crappy offense right now. Um, but it's like, you got to score a lot of points against the Patriots. It feels like, and, um, I don't know if the Broncos can do that. Yeah. And I guess the other game on the schedule that maybe would be like, if you're just going this, looking at this on the schedule for, for something, you know, on their regular season run, they are, they're at the jets in week 16. And if the jets are still playing the way they are now and they're healthy, then that could be, you know, I mean, the home field thing could be all the difference in that case. Right. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for them to get to sixteen and zero. But um, the way that they're playing, like like I said, it doesn't feel like outrageous to like talk about that. Um, yeah, but they, I mean, they're going to have to win some tough games. Those, like you said, the Broncos game, the New York game, those are both going to be tough. Um, there's always a game here and there that like the team just doesn't play well, you know. And so like they'll have to probably survive a couple of those. Sure, it's a long season, but the way that they're playing is just. Uh, I mean, it's like they don't seem to really have many holes in terms of they can one from one game to another to the next. They'll like have a completely different game plan. It feels like, and, and they still execute it like to perfection. So, I mean, next week we'll probably or like t- tonight we'll probably see them run the ball like thirty-five times, right? After yeah. they threw it, I think sixty or 50, fifty-five times last week. Um, they're so good at doing that, like from opponent to opponent and switching up their their strategy and Brady's so good at executing it that it just, you know, it just, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the, out of the realm of possibility at this point for them to go undefeated. Steven, you think, you think new England's the best team in the NFL right now? Yeah, I, I think, uh, we can safely say that they're the top team in the NFL, <laughs> but, but I will say that, uh, out of those games, I think that Denver game, uh, the 12th week of the season, it's probably where they're going to uh, have their toughest ch- test of the season because that game is probably going to come down to a home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And it's going to be in Denver, and Denver more than likely will be undefeated at that time as well. And so uh, both teams will know what, what you know the stakes going into that game. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they meet in the playoffs, whether they'll be meeting – in Foxborough or meeting in Denver. Yeah. And so you got to think that uh, whatever it takes, the Broncos are going to do whatever they can to try to win that game, pull out all the stops. And, and right now, look, we know that the Broncos' offense is not performing well, but I don't think, like, to, to me, I don't think that that's going to last forever. Yeah. I do think at some point they're going to get things going. Maybe, maybe they won't score – you know, 40 points a game. But there's way too much talent on that offense for me to believe that they're going to get stuck in neutral for the whole rest of the season with Peyton Manning as their quarterback. I just refuse to believe it. Yeah. At some point, they're going to catch fire. And then that defense that is already, you know, playing lights out, you, you're talking about that defense with a lead? is going to even be more deadly. So if it comes down to it, you know, it, if the Broncos get to where they, they can kind of stay with the Patriots on offense, it might come down to which defense performs the best. And in my opinion, I think the Broncos have the decidedly better defense. Yeah. It, it, it'll be a good game for sure. I mean, I think that one, and like I said, I think the Jets one too, where they, or they're in, in New York for, or at, the, at MetLife for that one could be a pretty interesting one because I'm, yeah. I went back and watched, I was telling you guys before the show, it's like I usually don't have a ton of time to go back and watch games during the, during the week like this, but I, carved out some time to go back and watch that Patriots Jets game this week. And I'm not, you know, going to talk I'm not a film guy or anything like that, but I'm telling you what, it's it's hard not to look at that Jets defense and just kind of be blown away by it. And that's really, I mean, I, I think maybe people are even kind of underselling that Patriots win a little bit because that Jets team is is much better than you realize. They're much better than maybe you're sort of used to seeing from the Jets. But uh but Todd Bowles has, has turned that into into something special down there. Yeah, I love Todd Bowles. I just like his style. I think, and again, it comes back to the taking on the personality of your head coach. I think that the Jets have started to do that. I mean, I think they were really good as it as it was like before he got there. But um, you know, the way they fly around, the way they rush the passer, the way they you know blitz, and, and just all the stuff they do is is really cool and aggressive. And and yeah, they're a really really good defense. Which yeah, and, and I think. I think I agree with you too that this, 
the Patriots winning that game has kind of been undersold a little bit because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, it should be a good one this week at any rate, tonight at any rate, and uh, we will, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think anybody picked the Dolphins to win this game. So, like I said, <laughs> I think that the, maybe the, you're in two camps. It's like you either think the Patriots are just going to kind of wipe the floor with them or, or you think that the, the Patriots are still going to beat them, but the Dolphins will play a closer game. And It's a nine-point spread, so I, you know, yeah. the Patriots are pretty good against the spread this season so far. So, I just we, hope they make it interesting. They haven't lost to uh, – I saw another interesting – here's another Cliff Clavin tidbit to throw out there for you all. Uh, did you know that the uh, Patriots under Bill Belichick have not lost to an interim head coach since 2004 oh. when, uh, when they lost to the, the Dolphins, who had replaced – who had just lost Dave Wanstad that year? Okay. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> right I back just, to where they started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the more things change in Miami, the more they stay the same. You're going to be living it again and again and again. Just, there must be something in the water because it's like it's not just the dolphins. The U's had some problems too, man. <laughs> too hot down there. <laughs> too, much, too much else to do, I think, in Miami maybe. I don't know. Maybe the thong guy, all the thong dude, the thong dude at the game distracts him. <laughs> or the guy with his belly tattoo, the belly, the undefeated Dolphins tattoo. <laughs> and kind of get him to just shut up so they don't have to kind of keep doing this over and over again. It seems like it might come to that. He He feels just like a totally loose cannon. You know, like immediately upon coming back, he makes these comments about... Tom Brady's wife, and then, I mean, that's... Guns a-blazing. Yeah, the guns a-blazing comment. Like, he just seems so completely tone-deaf that, and, you know, Brandon Marshall was saying this, it just doesn't feel like he gets it. Like, he just just doesn't feel like he cares or gets, like, what people are angry about. So, um, and then, of course, the Cowboys kind of doubled down on that. Like, I didn't see the exact quote, but was Jerry Jones talking about, like, Signing him to a long-term extension? Yes. Yeah, so that seems like terrible timing to talk about that. Um, so maybe the Cowboys are just as tone deaf. I don't really know. Um, but at this point, it seems, and, and I think Jerry's even said a couple times, like conceded, like he gets more chances because he's a really good player. Like, I mean, I guess you can appreciate that finally someone says, the you know, just like the truth about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just, just seems like he's destined to – kind of blow up and that at some point it feels like they're probably just gonna have to cut him it just feels like that's the direction it's going steven you i mean it seems like it's kind of a serious deal when a, a, a player i mean i know players get pissed, everybody you know gets pissed off and and says something or does something they regret but it seems like uh it seems like pushing your teammates and, and slapping a clipboard out of a coach's hand is, is maybe poor form <laughs> You think? <laughs> uh, I'm no HR expert. <laughs> See, here's the thing. You, you know, you got people that watch all these football movies and football shows and ballers this, and and they think that that's real life, and, and it's really not. Yeah. Look, I've been on some team with some guys who were, let's say, uh, not necessarily choir boys, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you didn't see them handle any situation the way Greg Hardy handled that situation on Sunday. That's because Greg Hardy is a fucking asshole. Yeah. Period. Point blank. He's a turd. And that's why I didn't want either one of my teams associating with that guy. Period. Point blank. Yeah. Like I said, you look back at the Carolina Panthers. Look at the work he put in for them. They didn't lift a damn finger to try to retain his ass, and they know him better than anybody else in the NFL. Yeah. They gave him his walking papers and slapped him on the ass and said, nice knowing you. See you later. Yeah. But the Cowboys are so fucking stupid with Jerry Jones, they figure they can rehabilitate anybody. They just, look, with just a couple weeks ago, Jay Ratliff, who <clears throat> had his own outburst with the Cowboys until finally he cut up so bad they had to release him, just got released from the Bears because why? Because he acted a damn fool up in Chicago. Yeah. This shit, it, it ain't going to change. He is who he is. He's a zebra. 
them stripes are not going to change. Greg Hardy is not a good person. He's not inspirational. This wasn't, you know, about the emotion of the game. He was being a I, I was about to say something. You probably can't even say on our podcast. He was being a jerk simply because they uh, uh, the Giants had just run back a kick on the kickoff uh, yeah. team, right? It wasn't like he was trying to pick somebody up and say, "Hey, go make a play." He was bitching and moaning because they just made a play on the Cowboys. Well, you know what? It was seven minutes left to go in the game. Okay, the Cowboys still had a chance to win. One of the things they were going to need to do if they did want to win was get a, a good kickoff return. But they couldn't do that because Greg Hardy is going around knocking the special team coach's notebook out of his hand, being an out-of-control asshole. Yeah. But now you, you tied yourself to this guy. You've given him all this money. Now you're talking about giving him a long-term deal. So you got to back him. You can't sit up here and, and throw him to the wolves or do what you should do and threaten to cut his ass. Now you got to actually act supportive. So now you got Jerry Jones lining up to kiss his ass. Now you got uh, Jason Garrett lining up to kiss his ass and undermine his own special teams coach who just got embarrassed on national fucking TV, even though that special teams coach, Rich Basaccia, has been associated with a whole bunch of head coaching jobs in the course of his career. Yeah. Right now, I think he's being considered for some, high, uh, for some uh, uh, head coaching jobs in college, and he got to deal with watching – this whole scene played out over and over again all week and have your head coach and your fucking owner back the player who, who came over and basically assaulted you. Yeah. I wish Rich Versace would have beat the shit out of him. I wish a fight would have broke out. I really do. <laughs> because some of these people are so fucking stupid, they actually think that this is normal. This is not normal. Yeah. Greg Hardy is a fantastic player, but he's a shitty person. And your team is not going to prosper if he's a part of it. Pure point blank. I'm a Cowboys fan. Been one almost my whole life. I would never cheer for them while he's on the team. Because yeah. I know, look, Des Bryant, and this is, this is the truly hilarious part of all of this. Because I went back and watched the TV copy. And little did I know, I didn't actually get to watch the game live. I didn't know that they tried to blame everything on Des at first. Oh, yeah. Because they love to do that shit. But you have never seen Dez in all of his outbursts pull no shit like that. Dez is trying to tell everybody when he's getting upset, hey, man, we can do this. We better than this. We can yeah. win this game. Greg Hardy's around here. Oh, man, y'all gave up a kick return. Get the fuck out of here, dog. Yeah. For real. Get the fuck going. Because yeah. you don't know shit about leadership and you don't know shit about being a real NFL player. All he knows is going out there and getting sex and being selfish. And yeah. you can't fucking win that way. Period, point blank. I hope they cut his ass, but I'm pretty sure because Jerry Jones is, is just as big of an egotistical asshole as Greg Hardy, we'll sign him to a long-term deal, and that franchise will be doomed because they'll be tied to him for as long as he's there, and he ain't leading nobody out of a wet paper bag. No, and you know what? It reminds me of this stuff with T.O. I mean, it's not as bad as, I mean, I, you know, it's, you know, I don't think it's as T, what T.O. did was as bad in terms of just what his personal stuff is, but, you know, the T.O. was such a distraction to that offense when he was in Dallas. And Jerry Jones goes out and signs him to that big deal and just refuses to cut him. He, there's even that quote from him in the press, I think, in, you know, the year before they cut him or six months or so before they cut him, Talking about like, well, sometimes that team chemistry stuff's just a little overrated. And then lo and behold, Garrett, when he was still the offensive coordinator, goes had to go had to go to Wade Phillips and Jerry Jones. I'm like, listen, man, I, you got a star receiver throwing our quarterback under the bus and undermining our quarterback. So who are we committed to here? <laughs> and finally, then they finally go out and cut To after all that stuff. And it's just like it seems like the same. You're going to see the same history repeating itself with this dumb Greg Hardy thing. And instead of censuring the guy and telling him to just go out there, play football and shut the fuck up, they can't, they just enable him with these comments. And I think that's what people don't get a lot of times with this stuff, with, with the Hardy debate. It's either, you know, cut him or don't cut him or support him or don't support him. It's like, well, just don't, at the very least, don't go out there and enable the guy. It's like they're afraid that if they try and, uh, keep him in line. It's gonna like he's gonna go off or something. It's like he's already doing that. Like it, it really is like he just kind of uh, it's like the inmates running the asylum. You know, it, it, he's like they're afraid to like discipline him. 
Yeah, and I they think got, they're actually afraid of him. I think I they know. literally are afraid of him. Yeah. It's like they were literally, literally afraid of Jay Radliff when he was there and other players. They, I mean, they seem to think that that shit is cute or something. I, yeah. I, I don't get it at all. Now, I'll tell you this much, okay, if, if uh, my old defensive line coach, uh, Rod Marinelli, tells Greg Hardy to do something, I bet he fucking does it. But the, but the point is, <clears throat> they enabled him from the day they signed him. Yeah. They didn't sign him to a minimum deal. This right. fucking deal is paying him out the yin-yang, even though he was just coming off being on the commissioner's list, being suspended for, allegedly, abusing a woman. Yeah. So once you do that, like I said, they already enabled him just from that because now they gave him the power. He's one of the, the highest-paid players on the team, okay? They are giving him the leeway now to argue with the actual unquestioned of the leader of the team, Dez Bryant, when, 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 when you don't, you know, when you get up there and you're Jason Garrett and you're uh, Jerry Jones talking about you welcome that kind of passion and it is, Dez Bryant is trying to calm him down and this dude is still going off. You don't back the guy who was already there that actually, you know, earned the right to be the leader of the team. You back this jackass that just showed up and, and really isn't a leader at all. That's why I say, man, he's going to bring that whole team down. Can you imagine? Look, him and Dez Bryant from this point forward, I, I don't know how they're going to coexist, especially if, if Greg Carter continues to be this kind of jerk because Dez Bryant don't seem to be about that kind of bullshit at all. He's all about winning. Yeah. And if somebody's going to you know, acting a fool, maybe the one guy on the team who will stand up to Greg Carter is Dez Bryant. I actually saw a quote <laughs> from one of the special teams guys that said he felt somebody pushing him and then he turned around, look who it was, and like, oh, it's Greg Hardy. Yeah. Like, I'm like, were you, were you scared of him? Like, you, you were going to turn around and, and, and do something to somebody, but you see it's Greg Hardy, and you won't even defend yourself? That's why I say I really wish the special teams coach and him had went ahead and gotten a fight. Because then something would have had to give. Right now, they're in a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. Okay, now mm-hmm. we, we just, once again, we're waiting on him to do something else. We know it's going to happen, yeah. right? There's almost zero chance that he's going to go through the rest of the season and not have more issues. But they're sitting there basically in purgatory right now just waiting for something else, another shooter drop with Greg Hardy. From week to week to week, man, you cannot win. It's too hard to win in the NFL when you are have laser-like focus and actually are focused on trying to beat your opponent. When you have to deal with this kind of bullshit and these kind of distractions for no damn reason, it's almost impossible. So, like I said, I mean, this is a situation 100% of Dallas is making all on their own. And I, look, Greg Hardy, once again, fantastic football player. You'll never hear me say that he is one of the best defensive ends in the league on the field. But you're not going to win many football games with that young man because he's a fucking head case. Yeah. And nobody's going to actually make him do anything about it. Like, nobody's going to make him get any help. Nobody's going to try to make him you know, uh, 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 see the error of his ways. So he's not only is he a head case, he's going to continue to be one as long as he's a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. Yes. And and they've got, and they've got, and how many more games to go before they get Romo back? And it's just, it's, they're already facing an uphill battle. And now you throw this on top of it. It's just going to be, I mean, you know, at some point you got to figure this is going to produce the even bigger meltdown because of all the other shit that's piled up against them. It's it's just incredible. I mean, this is a team that was really supposed to be in a much better place, and you know they they'd kind of gotten over the hump last year. And then obviously you can't really account for injuries, and you can't really you know blame injuries per se because injuries just happen. I mean, you can't necessarily mm-hmm. control that. But and then here and then they've just kind of created this mess and made it all ten times worse when you know it, it could have been such a different situation but you know like you said steven zebras don't change their stripes and that's the case with jerry jones too but uh it's you know there we go it's uh we haven't had much uh, scandal to talk about in the nfl and and we had one this week and hopefully there's not too many more for the rest of the season we can get through the rest of the season without too much more controversy let the other sports have some fun with it all for a while that's my share the wealth i always say I thought the Seahawks were a circus. The, the Cowboys are way bigger of a circus. And now and, Joseph Randall's And look is. who's playing the, the Cowboys this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the, uh, it's the two biggest 
circuses. I, I, when, when I was thinking of the, um, when we were talking about this, I, I was thinking of the whole Percy Harvin situation in Seattle a couple of years ago. A lot different situation background wise, but in terms of him like fighting teammates and like he has a history of getting in fights with coaches and things like that. Yeah. It's just like a toxic sort of thing. And, and the Seahawks talked about it. There were a few Seahawks on the record afterwards. And I know I've heard this off the record too. Like it was, a, it, it got to the point where, um, you know, you never know what Percy you're going to get when he gets there at work in that day. And it's like really hard to focus if it's like, you know, he just brings a terrible attitude and, and he's a, he's an alpha dude. So like a lot, a lot of guys aren't willing to stand up to him. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, it like can bring the whole focus of a team off of like what they should be focusing on. And instead it's like, you know, you got this like dude here who's, who's causing drama for no reason. And I mean, obviously it's a completely different background with Hardy. And so I'm not comparing the two players as people, but just uh, in terms of distraction wise, I think, you know, it's a similar situation. They ended up just trading him because it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Was it Stephen A. Smith that came out and defended Hardy or something this week, or did I read that wrong? Because I only halfway pay attention to what Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless have to say. And it's probably best. It's probably for the best. Probably, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see anything on that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, let's really? see. What, uh, uh, there's another kind of interesting thing on the news front, some good news, I guess, especially if you're a New York Giants fan, but it uh, looks like Jason Pierre-Paul is back. Yeah. And uh, he was there was I saw there were videos of him doing drills on Twitter today and um, I don't it wasn't really meant as a joke it was kind of funny but um, it wasn't a joke I wasn't laughing at the guy's pain or anything but uh, <laughs> they said that the only real difference they noticed with with Jason Pierre-Paul was that he had a hard time snapping his helmet with his right hand. <laughs> so I guess if you're the Giants that's probably pretty good news to have a little pass rushing umph back in there. Yeah, in, well, in theory. <laughs> in theory, yeah, in theory. Now we'll see what happens on the. They play the Saints this weekend, so that's kind of an interesting game because the Saints look like uh, they're playing a little better recently. Yeah, I can't figure out how good the Saints are, if they're good at all. Uh, same the Saints with the are Giants. one of those. Yeah, they actually, that's very true. Like both of those teams are. I feel you put them in the same category in my mind, like. Because I do the power rankings, I'm like, how good are the? How good is this team? I have no freaking clue. You know what I mean? Is anyone going to win the NFC? Who is going to win the NFC East? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, I, I guess if I had to pick today, I'd probably say the Giants. But if Philadelphia can get its shit together, there's always that possibility. But I'm not the world's biggest believer in Sam Bradford. So, what about uh, Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, according to my Twitter timeline, Kirk Cousins is the next Dan Marino. So just <laughs> let's just get that out of the way right now and let's put in, cast aside any illusions that uh, Kirk Cousins is not an elite quarterback uh, because uh, we certainly saw that against Tampa Bay this week. I like to think that at least part of that, you like that, was directed towards me. <laughs> for kind of blowing him up last week and then of course he went out and played really well oh they all it was just it was a it was a mess like i couldn't even <laughs> read my mentions for a couple days there because this one asshole decided to bring in all his friends and, and just like he's like now what do you think about it? are you gonna write an apology post like your other crappy post you wrote about kirk cousins like i like how they're blaming you for what i wrote well that's i'm like it like he beat tampa bay man i'm not, and i'm not you know the dude threw an interception to blow the game we just dropped it. <laughs> he threw an interception to lose the game. That's the part that's so frustrating. Chris Cunty lost the ball. the ball in his hands, and the game is over. Just catch it. He threw it right to him. You like that? Right to him. <laughs> Game's supposed to be over. But now we got to listen to, you like that? <laughs> no, and you have to buy his shirts. <laughs> yeah. For charity, so you of course you got. <laughs> oh yeah, no for charity because I made the RG three T shirt joke, I'm putting a saying on a T shirt and selling the T shirts for charity, and then I had all kinds of, not only Washington fans, I also had. Then that's when the Michigan State fans got onto me too. 
I'm like, man, I know Twitter doesn't have a sarcasm font, and that gets oh, me in trouble more often than not, but... <sighs> Are you going to post an apology? No, or- I'm not going to post an apology, <laughs> but I swear to God, after the next Kirk Cousins game, when he goes out there and lays an egg, I'm going to be like, ah, I told you so! Because <laughs> they're on a bye this week, but uh, they play the Patriots in week nine, so... <laughs> Get it in now. They better get it all in yeah. now. Enjoy your enjoy your uh, October Super Bowl while you can. I don't get how people could actually attack you for that. I mean, first of all, they should be attacking me. Well, I had that but... post that during the game, oh, like okay. on Sunday, a couple weeks. I just had like some short posts. I mean, they were to all of us because I promoted your post too. So, but is anybody like arguing that Kirk Cousins had played well prior to that game? Yeah, people do, and then that's really? the weird part about it. It's like, do yes, you watch yes. any Kirk Cousins games? Like, have you seen how he did? They don't care. It, it, it came no. down to the whole thing with, you know, yeah, it all, it, it was a dividing line with that article with Bomani Jones and the yeah. post he had about uh, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins and why people should be skeptical of him, which then people turned into a race issue, which then became, okay, Washington media against everybody else. We haven't been calling anybody. Da 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 da. So now it's totally, totally, totally short. Just short term memory. Like nobody remembers anything before the uh, Tampa Bay game. And to hear everybody tell it, Tampa Bay has a great defense. Ever done it? <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I beg to differ. But to hear them tell it. <laughs> hey man, he he played against you know one of those Ravens Super Bowl defenses and carved them up. <laughs> yeah. It was, and everybody automatically assumes like if you criticize Cousins, there's an automatic assumption that you're defending RG three. You're saying, well, RG three is the better quarterback. It's like no, nobody ever said that. I never nobody. said that. Nobody. Bo never said that in his posts. And I feel oh, bad because it's like oh, the shit like, on our timelines is nothing. Like, I, just go read Bomani's mentions sometime on Twitter if you want to see what a dumpster fire looks like. When he starts talking about cousins in Washington, go look at his mentions, man, because holy shit. And he's think- ten times a human being I could ever be for dealing with it all <laughs> the way he does. No doubt. I think 90% of the stuff you get on Twitter or in the comments is literally responding to the title of an article. No, come on now. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, honestly, like, did anyone actually read it? Like, I just said, dude needs to stop turning the ball over, like, three times a game. <laughs> and he turned it over, and they scored a touchdown on it in his last game. And then, like like uh, Steven's saying, he almost gave the ball, almost gave the game away. They should have had a turnover to end the game. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to defend it. Because, I, I mean, I, honestly, like, I'm not, like, backtracking on what I said. Like, he, he was pretty awful up to that game. Good for him for having a good game. But it's just funny the reactions you get on Twitter and things. I was expecting worse, but actually didn't get too much. So that was kind of surprising. <laughs> well, you know, it would have been, like, we don't put, since we don't put Redskins in the, like, we don't use the word Redskins on the site. Like, you right. don't get as much, like, it doesn't pick up as much, you know, like, you know, people search for Redskins and stuff like that still. So we don't, you miss out on... You miss out on even like some of the real bowels of the internet glomming onto it and really having a go with it because let me tell you it's out there. <laughs> yeah. But uh that was a pretty funny turn of events anyway. Yeah, I saw when I saw Steven, I saw you tweeting about the watching the Bucks tape this morning too, so. Yeah, see, thing is, you know, you know, I wasn't feeling well this this past weekend. Which, irony of all ironies, was also my birthday weekend. So my birthday was Sunday. So I, <laughs> I didn't even get to watch most of that game. Like, I, I just got to watch the very end when we blew a 24 to nothing lead and, and lose at the end. So I'm already sick Happy about birthday. it. Happy birthday. Right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so then I finally get around to watching the film. And I'm like, this is so much worse than I ever could have imagined. I'm actually glad that I missed the game live. Because I might have just kicked the bucket right there on the spot. <laughs> as bad as I was feeling, that would have just took me right on out. But to see Kirk Cousins beat us like that, man, I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm so glad that I didn't see that. Like, I, I really don't know how I would have handled it. Because that, that, to see my team get beaten down by a guy that terrible, 
I mean, and the thing of it is, you go back and watch film, they should have beat the Bucks by like 50. He missing guys wide open down the field all over the place. Yeah. But he still makes just enough plays to win the game. You know, win the game. But once again, should have blown the game. Definitely threw an interception to lose the game. We didn't catch it. He come back and, and throws the touchdown to win the game. And now we got to hear about Kirk Cousins and how you like that. And, and then some <laughs> stupid picture around here because Gerald McCoy happened to shake his hand after the game. And now everybody's blaming the picture oh on, on the bus losing. This has been just a terrible week around here in Tampa when it comes to sports. But like I said, I, I just, man, look. <laughs> won't play a worse secondary than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. <laughs> so, like I said, everybody that's gloating about Kirk Cousins better get it in now. <laughs> he, he, he ain't going to have many more performances like that. Like, he won't have many more opportunities to, to, to play against just an inept secondary the way he did on Sunday against the Bucs. That was just amazingly bad. <laughs> And then and the the Bucks play Atlanta this week, which and I'm kind of interested with Atlanta because, I mean, they're they're good. I don't think they're maybe probably as good as their six and one record. You know, you would take them to be, but uh, Atlanta's passing game hasn't been quite as good as you think it would have been this season. Now that they've been able to cover that because they run the ball so well with Kyle Shanahan and and his system that he runs with that, but. Uh, so this could be an interesting week for Ryan or Matt Ryan. I almost called him Ryan Mallet. God, not have Falcons fans all <laughs> up in my shit over that. But uh, you know, this will be a good week for him and Julio Jones to kind of get back on the same page, maybe. Yeah, they've kind of leveled off on the on that front. Like he was on crazy record pace earlier in the season, and it's kind of trailed off a little bit. But then again, Vonta Freeman's really blown up, so maybe they're just leaning on that more. Well, and I think the thing with Ryan is that he's got his last three games, he's thrown three touchdowns to four interceptions, and his completion percentage has dropped a little bit, and that includes mm-hmm. games against Washington and Tennessee, which is always a little bit of, you know, when your quarterback is struggling against those two teams, you know, your people tend to look at it like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Because he actually played a pretty good game against New Orleans. It just, you know, there were the other factors kind of at play there. Yeah, and then, you know what, we, we talked about um, Julio Jones this offseason when he was trying to get the big contract. Yeah. And the fact that um, he kind of stays banged up a lot. Yeah. Because he's such a physical receiver. And I think the fact that he's been slowed by some injuries, he's still been playing, but he's been, I think he's had like a knee injury, an ankle in- injury or something like that, that's kind of slowed him down. And, and, and you can tell he's not the same explosive guy that he started the season off with that looked like, you know, he couldn't be stopped. And so now that's kind of bogged down the offense as well. So I think once he gets his, his you know, legs back under him, once he's feeling a little bit better, and, of course, it'll probably be this week against the Bucks <laughs> when he starts to slip better, uh, that offense will pick it up again. But, but, but like I said, I mean, I mean, they're running the football yeah. uh, with Devontae Freeman tremendously. Uh, Matt Ryan is still uh, – doing a pretty good job taking care of the football for the most part. And so uh, they're always going to have a chance. If, they, if you can run the football the way they are, you're always going to have a chance on offense, especially when you have the, the other offensive weapons yeah. like Julio Jones and Hankerson and those guys and Roddy White uh, uh, to go along with it. So um, to me, I think that's, that, that'll be kind of uh, the, the, the litmus test for them this week. If they can get the ball – Running against the Bucks, man, they might put up fifty easily. Yeah, yeah, because that'll be they'll need that. Well, and then they, I guess they got the 49ers the week after that, so that's not too bad before the bye. But do they have some tougher games? I mean, they got to play the Panthers twice in uh, in December, and that's when you could really see that division race. That division gets decided because the Panthers, as we've said before, and, and we said again this week, and some stuff you guys wrote, the Panthers are a pretty damn good team. Yeah. And, and I thought, too, like Steven's post this week with the Haas of the Week, I mean, it was the Haas of the Week, but, you know, the larger point that it made was that it's like, you know, the Panthers aren't just Cam Newton either. That's a ferocious – did we lose you again? Oh, I'm there. I'm still uh, here. 
I, I heard a weird <clears throat> beep. I just I, I assumed AT and T intervened in the <laughs> podcast again here, but uh, um, but you know, like that the Panthers' defense is really good, and, and they you know can go out and uh, can win a game when Cam Newton's got an off day. Luke Keekley is really really freaking good. Josh Norman's playing like a shutdown corner. Quan Short. Yeah, their their defensive line is ridiculous. Uh, the I'm, for some reason I'm blanking, uh, blanking off linebacker. Yeah, Thomas Davis is really really underrated. Uh, that's a really freaking good team. I mean, the defense you know is is enough to keep them in games. And then obviously the way that Cam has been playing, <clears throat> you know, the stats haven't looked awesome, but. I really do like. I think he's he turned a corner. We talked about this last week. I think he's turned a corner as a quarterback, and so um, I think they're a legit six and zero now. I think they're a legit undefeated team. I don't think it's necessarily you know oh they had an easy schedule blah blah blah. Like obviously they beat some bad teams, but that's what you're supposed to do. And then they they went into Seattle and beat a really good team at in home in Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle, like Seattle had lost like two games at home in the last like two years you know so i don't i don't think it's a fluke i think they're good they got and they're and they're playing the colts this weekend but uh then they get the packers the week after that and that's another and that'll be a pretty interesting game be, right there because they're hosting yeah, the packers play. so i'm looking forward to that one another you know speaking of the packers they have a big game this week with the broncos in denver that's an interesting matchup because the Broncos have like a crazy good pass defense, and they can get after the quarterback. Yeah, and you got Peyton Manning. Obviously, we said this a little earlier on the show, but you know Peyton Manning has struggled this season. You know, you don't necessarily expect that Broncos offense to be that bad all season long either. I, who do you who do you who are you picking in this game? Who are you guys picking in this game? I think I picked. Uh, I think I picked. The Broncos. I think <clears throat> I think this might be one of those few games where uh, Danny and I <laughs> uh, disagreed this week. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> I can look it up real I, fast. Yes, Stephen has Den Denver, and everybody else has the Packers. I had to think about this one for a long time, though. I will say that. See, my, my thing on, on it is. Uh, I thought that Ty Montgomery was really coming on strong for the Packers' offense. Obviously, the offense has done fine uh, without Jordy Nelson to get uh, James Jones back, and it's like he never left. Um, but, you know, uh, the running back is a little nicked up. He, he's had some issues with his ankle. Um, now you got Ty Montgomery, who, who might miss this game. I think he's sitting out with an ankle right now from practice. And, and like I said, I look back at the last Broncos game, and I just think of all the, the plays that Demarius Thomas normally would make, and he's dropping these passes. Mm-hmm. And so the, the offense didn't play well overall, but hidden inside of that, there were a lot of plays that they could have made that normally we were used to them making that they didn't make. And so I'm still convinced that this offense, whether we believe Peyton Manning is done or not, there's so much talent. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, these guys, there's so much talent on their offense that they're at some point going to generate some points. They just are. Their defense is phenomenal. Like I said, they've been playing the way they've been playing with, really without a lead all season. Yeah. And so once they actually get a lead, man, and they can just really unleash hell up front and really rush the passer play after play after play with Von Miller and, you know, uh, DeMarcus Ware, if he's back. And it sounds like he um, might be back this week, too. Right. Which, I, I just I just really think those guys, will. that's one of the few defenses that will be able to get after the Packers in every way that they need to get after. And they'll be able to get after the quarterback. They'll be able to get after Aaron Rodgers without blitzing. And they'll be able to stand up on the back end and play a lot of man-to-man. I think you have to be able to do both if you want to beat the Packers this year. Yeah. And, you know, here's another thing about the Packers. Just, I was looking at the, the numbers earlier today because, obviously, we've got, you know, working on some stuff around that game because it's, you know, anytime Aaron Rodgers and, and Peyton Manning play against each other, it's kind of a big deal. But not to overshadow the two quarterbacks, but the Packers' defense is, uh, is number one in the league as far as um, points scored per game. They're allowing less than 16 points a game right now. 
The only team that scored more than 25 points against them, and this is your, here's your hourly reminder of how wild the NFL can be from week to week, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah. Hung 28 on them in a 28-38 uh, lo- Chiefs loss on Monday night in week three. But, uh, but Green Bay's defense has been, been pretty good this year. Yeah. Surprisingly good. Yeah. So you that could be really an interesting You never really know with the Packers' defense, I feel like. Like one year they'll be really strong. Next year they're kind of struggle in certain areas. And then the next year they're strong again. I don't know. It, but, yeah, they definitely feel like – um, it, it's almost like one of the most balanced teams in the NFL. I mean, I have a hard time picking against Aaron Rodgers just in general, and that's kind of what I went with in this game. But when you have Aaron Rodgers with a pretty good defense, that's like, I mean, that's pretty scary. So, it, yeah, they're way more balanced than I thought they'd be. Yeah, it's a, that should be a pretty good game. And, and beyond just, like you said, beyond just Rodgers and Manning, because these two teams, there's some good defenses in the league mm-hmm. this season. I mean, I was just thinking about that the other day. It's like you have your, you know, the, the teams at the top of the heat. We talked about the Patriots. They have a good defense. The Jets' defense is pretty amazing right now. The Packers' defense, the Denver defense, you know, could be the best in the league. The Bengals. The, the Bengals' Pan- defense. The yeah. Rams' defense. Whoa, did you say something good? I know, I, I, it's, but it's a good <laughs> unit, I'm telling you. Yeah. Seattle's defense has been really good this year. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Carolina's defense, like we mentioned before. Arizona's defense. It's a, yeah, it's Arizona, a, how would you forget that? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, it's the year of defense. It's probably not, doesn't hurt that half the league is, uh, is, is struggling to find a, a quarterback worthy of Brian Hoyer, but. Um, you know, another game that looks kind of interesting since you mentioned the Bengals on the, on the agenda this week, Bengals at Steelers. And it looks like, uh, barring anything unusual, it looks like Ben Roethlisberger will be back in the lineup this week. Does that yep. give the Steelers, does that put them over the top against the Bengals? I actually picked the Steelers. I, I, uh, I kind of feel like I'm going way out on a limb on this one and I'm probably going to regret it, but. Um, in, in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger back, I feel like that's going to be a big boost for them. Um, I saw a stat that said that they're two and four in games where he returns from injury. So that didn't make me feel any better, but, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just kind of went with my gut on this one. I, I, I do really think the Bengals are a really good team, but after seeing the Steelers kind of survive without Roethlisberger in there, I think that. They're probably another team that their defense is better than I think anyone thought they'd be. Yeah, and they've got so many good like playmakers on that offense that um, I can see this being one of those upsets. I, I, I think last time I checked, I think the Bengals were favored, but I'm not sure where it's at now. But um, I think this could be one of the more interesting games this week, and I kind of went out on a limb and picked the Steelers in this one. And it looks like we're about split 50-50 as a panel on the Steelers on okay. the Steelers Bengals. Steven, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I think that uh, Big Ben is going to give a huge lift to that offense. Uh obviously Landry Jones can't really <laughs> hold his jock strap. <laughs> uh but he's but he was trying, you know, he he did his best and and now you you get the guy back who this offense is kind of designed for in the first place. And you got Martavius Bryant back now playing. Yeah. And you got Le'Veon Bell back now playing. And so you got your whole complement uh, of offensive weapons ready to go. And you got your gunslinger coming back. So I think, obviously, that's going to up everything on offense. They'll be able to score a lot of points. Here's the problem. The Bengals are one of the most complete teams in the NFL. And we've talked about this before. With the, the only thing that's holding any of us back from putting – the Bengals may be on the level of uh, the Patriots or just behind the Patriots is their quarterback. Uh, and, and, and it's not because of how he's played this year, because this year he, he's been lights out. But we, we still don't necessarily trust Andy Dalton to keep it up over 17 weeks. So uh, basically, to me, I feel like this. If bad Andy Dalton doesn't show up, I don't care how good the Steelers play. I think the Bengals are a better team, and they're going to yeah. win the game. 
So basically, the only thing they can hope for is that you get the bad Andy Dalton. He throws some turnovers. That's the great equalizer as always. And then they end up pulling out a high-scoring, you know, shootout game at the end. Yeah. But other than that, boring that, man, the Bengals' defense is playing fantastic too. Okay? And you get uh, Geno Atkins now back playing at an all-pro level. You got Carlos Dunlap bringing it from left defensive end. And they don't even have Burfick back yet. I think he's still going to be out this game too. But they, there's not really an aspect of this team where they haven't been hitting on all cylinders. I think Hugh Jackson has been doing a phenomenal job with the game plans on offense. Mm-hmm. They've been getting the ball to pretty much all of their playmakers, and they have a whole bunch of them. So at the end of the day, man, look, good job, good effort, Steelers. Their defense definitely has played better than I thought they would. I do think uh, Big Ben coming back is going to give them a lift, but I just don't think it's going to be enough at the end of the day. Yeah, that's uh, it's the Bengals. The Bengals have, I think, four of their last nine games are in prime time. Well, that's kind of interesting because oh, really? Dalton, this is uh, an Andy Dalton factoid because Andy, that's where Andy Dalton, you've seen some rough outings from Andy Dalton have typically come in prime time. So that'll be a good... T- Test to see if the uh, an early look without having to wait for the playoffs to see if bad Andy Dalton is banished forever. So we'll Stephen, Stephen, you picked the Bengals in that one. There's going to be uh, there's going to be a swing in the scores here because we picked a few different ones this week. I'm looking forward to that for the NFL for our picks thing. Yeah, Danny Danny has 68-37 on picks for the season. Stephen is. Sixty-seven, thirty-eight for picks. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I, I had I had the the title for a week, man. And last <laughs> week I just I mean I went down in flames. I was like seven and seven or something like that. But I look, I almost picked the Bucks upset. <laughs> they screwed me at the end. So uh, you know I had a couple games like that. I thought the, the Lions might um, surprise everybody and beat the Vikings. They went up seventeen to six. I'm feeling good. I pass out. Wake up. You know, I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> so, uh, well, so you, I, you know, I went out on a limb a little bit last week. I think I, 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 I played a little bit safer with my picks mostly this week, in my head anyway. So I'm hoping to have a little bit better outcome. Well, <laughs> nobody beat PFT Commoner last week, so he was the number one picker. So Wow. <laughs> he was 11-3 and three last week. Were there week. any ISIS picks in those? <laughs> no. And judging by my inbox, no, at least. <laughs> and then no more, I, there were no more ISIS picks. <laughs> Whew, that was a wild one let me tell you <laughs> I, I i think i saved some of the emails we got on that one because let me tell you <laughs> people were upset <laughs> ah but that's why it's that's why it's great it's great to have the uh the diverse array of voices that we do have here to talk about the nfl because you definitely don't get that everywhere on the internet but you do here. We got a little bit of everything. So uh, it's uh, it's good to have. Well, guys, we are coming up on an hour plus of fun here. So uh, we should probably uh, let folks get on their way and, uh, and, and get ready for tonight's big game with the Dan Campbell's black jersey Miami Dolphins. Nice. Yeah, break out the Oklahoma drills. Yeah. <laughs> look, 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 if the Dolphins win tonight, I'm not picking against them the rest of the way. And I, I, I said this, look, I, I'm, I know I'm approaching player hater of the year levels right now when it comes to the Dolphins, considering what they've done the last weeks. I just don't believe it. But if they win tonight, I will become a believer. I won't pick against them the rest of the way. <laughs> oh, wait. No, there's one more thing I almost forgot all about. I can't believe I did this because I've been – I like as soon as the news hit and as soon as they announced who Lombardi's replacement was in Detroit. Oh, God. <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter is the new Lions offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah? Uh. Um, it's – Apologies to everybody else in the NFL right now, but your name is nothing compared to Jim Bob Cooters. He's got the sure. best NFL yeah. name out there. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah, it, it, there's no no contest. And as Stephen pointed out uh, earlier today, Vol for life. Yes, yeah, so he's Tennessee guy. Used to be a play quarterback, I think, <laughs> for the Vols. 
Uh, I'm not sure he actually ever played, but I <laughs> was a quarterback there. And, and yes, his name is Jim Bob Cooter. So, <laughs> Coach Cooter. <laughs> Coach Cooter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, the Lions need all the help they can get. So, uh, if it, it certainly can't be any worse than whatever Lombardi was doing with that offense. Now, hopefully, uh, Jim Caldwell has some more life to him this week if the Lions are going to have a shot at it. But, uh, they're in London to play the Chiefs, and man, I'm telling you what, those London games, nine times out of ten, whew. Anything can happen. Yeah, so this could be the week that uh, if Jim Caldwell's going to get fired, this might be the week, huh? And then we might have Jim Bob Cooter, head coach. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> coach, Co- <laughs> coach Cooter's pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the guy? I think that was the mechanic on Dukes of Hazard was Cooter or something like that. Yep. Who's now turned into, like, some crazy far-right politician in Georgia or something like that. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, guys. Now, now we can let folks get on with their day, as promised earlier. We, the Jim yep. Bob Cooter discussion is done. That feels like a much better way to wrap it up. It really does. It really yes. does. All right, uh, guys. Thanks as always, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Great. Adios. Thank you.